Hey, welcome to Coastal Community Church's online ministry. We are so thankful that you're making uh, this online ministry a part of your spiritual journey. And uh, we uh, want this sermon to encourage you and to help you grow to be more and more like Jesus Christ. However, at Coastal, we have a, a deep conviction that uh, every Christian should be a part of a local church. And so while we want to encourage you with this online ministry, we hope it's a part of your, your walk, your journey with Christ, we do want to encourage you to be in a local church. And so if you're on the peninsula and you don't have a local church, we would love to invite you to to our location. Uh, we have two services. We meet at 101 Village Avenue uh, in Yorktown. We have two service times, 915 and 11, and we'd love for you to check out Coastal Community Church in person and, and worship with us corporately. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. January 1, 20. 17. Wow. If you're a child of the 80s, many, many people that you grew up with are no longer with us from 2016. Um, but you made it. You made it. Amen, right? It's kind of exciting. You know what's great about a new year? A new year means this. It's, it means that the old is gone. It means it's gone. It means no matter what happened last year, it's in the past. So think about this. In a new year, the past is in the past. It doesn't matter. You know what? And you know what? A lot of times people want to take last year's mistakes and those things, and they want to take them into the new year. But let me tell you something. Leave it in the past. In fact, there's a little expression in Scripture that um, in the King James, it's, it's the King Jimmy Bible, and it says, and it came to pass. It didn't come to stay, it came to pass. It didn't, it didn't stay with us, we left it. And so today can be the first day of the rest of your life. You made mistakes in the past. Let me share something with you. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's in the past. It marks a brand new day, a brand new year, a brand new life as we continue as a church to follow Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful. I can't wait for next week. If you are new to Coastal, I want to invite you to come back next week. Philippians, I mean, not Philippians, Philemon. I knew I would say it wrong. Where's Joe? Or if you're Joey Tomlinson, it's Philemon. But Philemon, um, we're going to be going three weeks. Pastor Sean's going to take us through the book of Philemon. It's an incredible little book, and you're going to want to be here for that. Let's um, take our Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 20. As we talk about this new year, as we look, hey, if you came in and you got an old bulletin, some people grab the old bulletins. If you don't have the sermon notes, just raise your hand. We've got some uh, people in the cool blue shirts that would love to get you a bulletin. If you don't, just raise your hand real fast. I know some people kind of got the wrong bulletins. And I want to make sure you get the bulletin because there's some things in here, some action steps that we're going to take together as a church body. And so just raise your hand. We'll get you a uh, new bulletin. There's one up here, uh, a couple people up here. want to make sure you get it because there's some nice action steps. Josh, you don't have one. You need to get one. 
Do you have one? You got, oh, he got one. Yes, nice. Listen, I want to encourage you too, if you're a man, you have the XY chromosome, I want to encourage you to come to the uh, men's offensive. Men don't retreat, they only advance. So um, unless they're scared, then, um, then they retreat. Um, so join us. You want to come. There's sign-ups out in the lobby. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be incredible. Pastor Sean's going to uh, bring the message Friday night. We're going to do some stuff Saturday morning. And then uh, we've got a, a guest speaker that's going to share with us uh, right after lunch uh, in the afternoon. You'll be done. It's one night. And uh, bring your son uh, or your sons. I want to encourage you. It is for father and sons. I'm bringing my um, son. Oh, I got news to tell you. So some of you, if you're not Facebook friends with us, um, my wife and I found out on Christmas morning what we were, the sex of our baby. We waited, and we are having a son. Isn't that exciting? So um, I really am more man. I have more man coming um, to be... With us, we have a son. Um, don't ask the name because we're giving it to the Lord right now. So you kind of run out of names after four, I guess. Um, okay, John chapter twenty. Let's get into the good stuff. John chapter twenty. Let, let's uh, let's let me read this. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but other disciples outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived, went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings, then the disciple whom, who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then they hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head, the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabone, which is in Hebrew the word for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord then she gave them his message. Let's pray. Precious Father, we love you. And we are so thankful, Father, that a new year has come, that a new day has come. 
that it is the first day of the week. It is the first day of the year. And we ask, Lord God, that whatever we brought in here, Father, from last year that is ungodly, that is um, not of you, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that, that today in this next few moments, Lord God, that we would just leave those. That we would just leave those things, those burdens at, at your feet. That, that today we would walk out free. That we would walk out people of, of love and truth and freedom. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's truth. And we thank you, Lord God, that you, we can base our lives upon it and you will change us and transform us into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And as always, Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What will the new year look like? What will the new year bring? What will the new year take? What will be left behind and what will be brought into the new year? This is the first day of the rest of your life. What does the Lord want from you this year? I guess that's the question that really matters. That's the one that really matters this year. What does God want from me this year? And it's, it's my prayer that in the next few moments, in the next little bit, that as we look at the life of Mary Magdalene here at the tomb, that God would unpack for you some things in your life. That if there's some confusion or there's some things that you're struggling with, if there's some things that maybe that you have brought in, that you would be like a little pilgrim in the book, Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan's classic, that you would lay those burdens at the feet of Christ here this morning and they would be no more. That they would be complete. That, that today would be the day. See, in John chapter 20, verse 1, you see the language of early on Sunday morning. In the King James, it says, on the first day of the week. It's this language that there is something new that is going to happen. There is something new. And time and space will never be the same again. That something miraculous has happened. And the writer John, he writes this, and it's kind of like a brand new chapter in the life of humanity. It's a brand new movement that takes place. It's the beginning of the church. It's the beginning of us. Because if you have trusted and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You are the church. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And we come together and there's a new movement that took place. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of the church of Jesus Christ. Where the God of the universe who penetrated time and space came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, and then three days later on the first day of the week, he rose from the dead. And from Mary Magdalene's life here at the beginning is where I want to begin. It's what we want to look at. 1 Chronicles 28.9 says, if you seek him, he will be found by you. Then there's four habits of searching that could change your year from Mary Magdalene at the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, 
It's important for you to understand a little bit about Mary Magdalene. This is not in the notes if you want to write it down. Luke chapter 8, verse 2, and Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Mary Magdalene was the woman that had seven demons cast out from her. She's the woman that nobody wanted to be with, the shamed woman. Some people believe that she was the woman that was caught in adultery. That they were all going to stone and Jesus rode into the ground. The Bible doesn't tell us that it was her, but some historians believe it was her. She was the woman that nobody wanted to mess with. That Jesus came, cast out the seven demons, and transformed her life. That's us. That's us. If, if, you, if you, listen, if you've had sin in your life, that's all of us, okay? Yes, that's, that's I know you're not perfect. You're not perfect. You can be changed and transformed too. Now, here, Mary Magdalene was forgiven. She was cleansed. And as a result of that, she had this undesirable, un, unsatiable desire to seek Jesus for the rest of her life. That's my prayer. That's my prayer this year for Coastal Community Church. My prayer is that we would be people who seek Jesus Christ with everything. That Mary Magdalene's life, who had been changed and transformed, it, that all of the past was in the past. And Mary Magdalene, on the first day of the week, the Bible says that we see this woman come to the tomb. We see this woman come and seek Christ, seek him. And she didn't know he had risen yet, but she was coming to seek him. She was coming to be there. And so if you're taking notes from her life, there's four habits that my, it's my prayer that you establish in your life this year. Four habits, four things that you need to see from Mary Magdalene's life. The first one is this, start your day searching for the Lord early in the morning. Now, my boys, my, my son Stone, my son Will, and my wife are all early risers. My daughters, they take after me. It means that we're, we're early, to, we're late, late to bed or early, early to bed, which means that we're like 12.01, 12.02, that's early in the morning for us. We don't like to see the sun rise. Ask my daughter what her favorite thing about the vacation was this last week, and she will tell you, when I got up at 11 in the morning, Dad, it felt wonderful. See, here's the deal. One of the things is, is for us early, for the early risers in the morning, let me tell you something, it's easy for you. Okay? For us that are not early risers, it's a discipline. It's a discipline. But the reality is, it's a set time for you to go and seek the Lord. Mary woke up early. The Bible says, now, look at letter B. Now, letter B needs to be a little edited. A little editing needs to take place. Mary went by herself, did not wait for anyone. This, is, this could be true from the John account, but if you look at Luke chapter 24, verse 1, and Mark chapter 16, you would see that there were some other women that went with her. So the, it's supposed to read this, Mary would have went by herself, but did not wait for anyone. She wasn't going to wait. She was going to the tomb that morning. This was the beginning. She was going to the tomb. 
other women joined her, but she was going to go regardless if they were going to go or not. I firmly believe that because they had left and departed, but she had stayed by herself, weeping at the tomb. See, Mary woke up early. Mary went by herself, didn't wait for anybody. She humbly was seeking where was Jesus. Why? Because Jesus Christ had changed her. Jesus Christ had transformed her. Jesus Christ had made her new. And she still sought him. You have your Bibles? Turn over to Philippians chapter 3. Did you know that this was not just true of Mary Magdalene, but this was also true of the Apostle Paul? Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Philippians chapter 3, turn over your Bibles, Philippians 3, verse 10. In my Bible, it's page 959, not that that helps anybody. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. The Apostle Paul says this, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. See, the apostle Paul wanted to know Christ. He wanted to know him in the most intimate way, and so he sought him. He sought him every moment. As you read the scriptures and the letters from the Apostle Paul, his number one goal, his number one desire, his number one passion was to seek Christ and to know him. That's, that, that's what we have to do, Coastal. There's lots of noise out there. There's lots of different things that are out there to distract us. But as Mary Magdalene sought early in the morning to go see Jesus... As Paul's number one desire was to know Jesus and to seek him and to know the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what's transformative about this. That's what's so beautiful. Psalm 63, David said this, verses 1 and 2. He said, oh God, you are my God. Early in the morning will I seek you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land. Oh, God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. And the King Jimmy says early in the morning. It's this idea that I want you, God. When I go to bed at night, I think about you. When I wake up in the morning, I think about you. I want you and I want you alone. That has to be our passion. It was Mary's passion. She started her day searching for the Lord early in the morning, hoping maybe to encounter the risen Jesus. Hebrews 11.6 says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly or sincerely seek him. The wicked are too proud to seek God. They seem to think that God is dead. Job 8, 5, and 6. But if you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, and if you are pure and live with integrity, he will surely rise up and restore your happy home. It was spoken to Job in the midst of his tragedy, the things that in his life that were so tragic. Because that's how God had worked. And God still worked that way in Job's life. It just was different. And maybe this year it's going to be a little different for you. Maybe there'll be some tragedy followed by triumph. Maybe there's some things in your life that maybe you're holding on to that, that today God maybe wants you to let go. Maybe there's some guilt or some things in your life that you go, man, if I could have gone back, if I could go back, 
I wish I could have changed that. You know, it's interesting, as I was kind of praying this week about this message, there were some, there's some letters that I need to write. I have the cards, I have the stuff, I have some letters that I need to write in the new year. So maybe some relationships that maybe that didn't end as well or, or are, aren't, are on un, unstable footing. And God just kind of said, you need to write some letters. Kind of prayed through that and I kind of thought through that and I said, you know what, you're right, Lord, I need to. Why? Because as you seek, seek the Lord, what happens is this. As you vertically seek the Lord, as you start to search for him, as you start to seek for the Lord and to have that relationship, to know Christ in intimacy, what happens is he starts to reveal things in your life. Relationships that need to be restored. Things that maybe didn't end the way that, you, that they could have. He starts to reveal. That's what David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. It's this idea that as you seek the Lord, what happens is he starts to reveal things to you. Because what happens, he starts to transform you. Mary Magdalene had been transformed, but she was, why did she want to be around Jesus? Why did she want to interact with Jesus? Why was she seeking the Lord? Because she knew that the transformational process was continual in her life. It's what the Apostle Paul calls sanctification. It's that process of God changing us to make us more like his son, Jesus Christ. Coastal, we need to be changed continually to be more like Jesus Christ. We can't rest in the laurels of last year. Well, I was godly last year. Well, there's a guy named in Ray Nowen. He actually went to be with the Lord now, but he worked with special needs adults. And they were, they were mentally handicapped. He says they were adult bodies, but they were, you know, four or five-year-olds in their mental capacities and faculties. And he said this, every day, every day I had to prove myself to them that I loved them and I cared for them. Every day. Every day it was like the song, what have you done for me lately? Yes. It's this idea that every day I had to demonstrate to these adult children that I loved them and cared for them. And he says, and every day was a new experience. Every day was an exciting day. Every day. And he says, you know what? Most people look at that and go, what a, what a burden. But he said, you know what was interesting is he said, I had such love for these, these individuals, these people in my life. That he said, every day it was a new and exciting way to creatively show and demonstrate my love for them. Every day. God has blessed you with another breath, another year today. Every day, you get an opportunity to wake up and creatively demonstrate your love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because every day that God has given you, he creatively is demonstrating that love to you through the power of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. If you're not experiencing that, if you don't have that, then my question is either one, there's sin in your life, or two, you don't have a relationship with him. That's the only thing that it can be. Because the word of God says that he is conforming us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, every day. This creates this wellspring of passion for Christ. 
First day of the week, early in the morning, Mary Magdalene got up. What I have right here is a goal. In 2017, I will search for the Lord. When are you going to search for the Lord? The question is when. I will search for the Lord. I will seek the Lord. When? It's going to be early in the morning. Set a time. Sometimes it's going to be, for you, it's early in the morning. But set aside a time. It doesn't have to, you don't have to set aside five hours. But right there, in that line, when are you going to search for the Lord? When are you going to seek him? When are you going to pull out the word of God? When are you going to spend time in his presence? When are you going to interact with him? When? We schedule everything. We live in a scheduled society. You got, I have that little device, this little phone device that always like goes off. And I was like, why did I set that alarm? I forgot. I mean, we live, we schedule everything. My challenge to you this year, schedule time for the Lord every day. Seek him. Seek the Lord. Number two, second habit we see from Mary Magdalene's life. Get others around you also searching for the Lord. There's an old, um, this old, old man communicated this one time to me. He said, you are the average of your five closest friends. They're either bringing your average up or they're bringing your average down. Get others around you also searching for the Lord. Mary spent time with other Christ searchers. She knew where to find Peter and John. She ran to tell them. They've taken the body of the Lord. Mary ran to tell Peter and John what was happening. They sought out other mature Christ searchers. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Who you hang out with, who you're spending time with, will determine the passion that you have for Christ. Let me give you an example. This is how it works. If you hang out with people that hate their spouses, then what will happen eventually is that you will start looking for things in your spouse not to like. If you hang out with people that love their spouses, guess what? You will find things to love in your spouse. It's, it's just the way that it is. In fact, I remember one time I was doing some, some marriage counseling years ago, and I was sitting across from this couple and this woman said, every day I was surrounded by two women that constantly told me how awful their husbands were. And I realized, I came home and I realized that, you know what, they were right. My husband was awful too. And that's why I want a divorce. She said it was over time that this happened. The husband's like, I have no idea what's happened. I'm the same person. No, what happens is either your satisfaction will grow or your dissatisfaction will grow. The reality is this. It's a lot of times it's determined by who you are. Every time, every Sunday, you should be in church. Because why? Because this is where you're going to get your hug quota for the day. <laughs> Definitely. If you don't, man, Mary gives it to me right there in the back. I'm like, hey, Mary's like, where's my hug? I'm like, okay, Mary. Why? Because that's the body of Christ. If you, don't get, if you need a hug, come see me. I'd love to give you a hug. Pastor Sean, he's a little bit more standoffish. He'll shake your hand. <laughs> it's not as touchy of a person. 
but I'll give you the hug. Oh, I'll, man, come in, bring it in. I'll even make it awkward right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you'll start patting my back, and I'll just be like, oh, yeah. And the patting of the back is usually, okay, let me go, let me go, let me go. Oh, I'll just, like, embrace. No, <laughs> the reality is this. That's why we come together. It's to encourage each other to be more like Jesus Christ. That's why we come together. Mary Magdalene knew exactly where to go and what to do. Get others around you also searching for the Lord. That, that's what we see here in verse 2. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple to whom Jesus loved. She said they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and they don't know where they've put him. Then she goes with them to go search. Your goal in 2017, who are you going to regularly meet with? And I'm not just talking about us corporately. Yes, we need to come together corporately. But I'm talking about individually. Who's that, who's that Peter, James, and John in your life? Solomon talked about iron sharpening iron. Who are those people in your life that you're meeting with that are encouraging you and pushing you to be more like Jesus Christ? Do you have those people in your life? This year, if you don't, find them. Find them in your small group. Find them and just look and just say, hey, you know what? I just want to meet with you 40 weeks this year. And all I want to do is I just want to continue to encourage each other to be more like Jesus Christ. It, it, it really, I mean, we're going to go through a book of the Bible together. I've called out a couple of guys. I've called out some people that I'm going to start spending some time with. Find three people. Find one person that you're going to encourage and that they're going to encourage you and spur you on to love and good works, to be more like Jesus Christ, to seek the Lord together. Who are you going to regularly meet with in 2017? Write their name down. Maybe they don't know yet, but it's okay. Maybe write down several names so that you can find that person that will encourage you. For some of you husbands, it's your wife. Some of you wives, it's your husband. But regularly meet with that person. Number three, from Mary Magdalene's life, don't let the miraculous distract you from your search for Jesus. I love this. Okay, I'd read this passage hundreds of times and I'd never seen this before. Mary, listen to verse 11. John chapter 20, verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stood and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head, the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying, the angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. I don't know where they have put him. Okay, stop. Two angels. Two angels. It's the only time in Scripture where it doesn't say fear not. It's the only time. Every time they interact with angels, it's fear not. Mary doesn't care about the angels. She doesn't care about the miraculous. Why? Because all she wants is Jesus. So often we're so looking to the miraculous or we're looking from the miracle from the God instead of the God of the miracle. We stop searching for Jesus because we get something from him. No, in Christ alone is found everything we need. Seek Christ. 
So she's interacting these angels. Hey, why are you crying? Because they've taken my Lord. Here's two angels. I would have been like, oh, my goodness, angels. Oh, they're in white. Oh, give me some of that. Oh, you know? I would have, like, totally wanted to interact with these guys. She could have cared less. We're so consumed sometimes with the miraculous or the angels. and You know, these people that are, like, searching for angels. <gasps> There's an angel. There's one. It's like, oh, no, you know, like something happens in the sound system and it's a, it's a demon. Oh, there's an angel. Stop. Look for Jesus. Look to Jesus. John chapter 3, look to Jesus and live. As the Son of Man was lifted up, and as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Don't let the miraculous distract you from your search for Jesus. Mary was not wowed by the angels. Mary left the angels to continue her search. Now, was it good to see angels? Absolutely. But she didn't settle for the good when God had the best. Who's the best? It's Christ. Christ is the best. Christ is greater than. Christ must be this year your greatest treasure. If Christ isn't your greatest treasure this year, then what will happen is you will be sorely disappointed as you look for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing because none of it's going to satisfy. It all might be good, but it ain't the best. Christ is the best. If you're single, Christ is the best. Don't compromise. If you're married, Christ is the best. It's better than anything and anyone. He must be your greatest treasure. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him, Christ, the power of his resurrection. And the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3.10, and if it means suffering, then I want to suffer because that's what it is to know Christ. No matter what happens, no matter good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't matter. I want to know Christ. Whatever that means... I want to know him. And sometimes it's going to mean suffering. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. Most people are like, man, yeah, you can follow Christ all you want. But what happens when you get that call? You still want to know him then? It's cancer. When you get that call, I'm sorry. This person is no longer with us. Do you want to know him then? See? I want to know Christ, the Apostle Paul says, in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. See, to really know Christ means even in suffering, I want to know you, Christ. I want to know you, Lord Jesus. And sometimes that's the only way we can know him. To share in his sufferings with him. It's when we're most intimate with him and he's most intimate with us. I remember in my life when I got cancer, oh, there was nothing more. Because what happened was, see, what happens is you're constantly looking for the miraculous. I was looking for the healing, looking for the healing, looking for the healing for my cancer. 
And I remember one night I was like crying and, and I was like, God, why don't, you, why don't you heal me? And I was kind of angry because, I mean, it was two and a half years that I battled cancer. And I was like, God, why don't you heal me? And I was so angry. And I remember one night God, was, God just spoke to my heart just in this very real way. And it was Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And it was just very clear as day. It's like, no, you just want to know healing. You don't want to know me. And it was like conviction, you know. And instantly, man, I just wept and I cried and I just said, God, please forgive me. Listen, this year, it's my prayer that you seek Christ. Stop focusing on the miraculous. Stop trying to focus on this stuff that it's, it, these are great gifts, but that's all they are. It's just gifts. Focus your attention this year on Christ, the giver of the gifts. I promise you'll be way more satisfied. Spiritual formation is a great opportunity. This, this is a shameless plug for Wednesday nights. No, come to a class. Take the next four weeks and come to a class and, and focus your attention upon Christ. Marty and I are doing one on prayer. You're going to have an opportunity to pray and learn about prayer and, and, and pray. And there's, there's spiritual formation on the Trinity and, and there's all these other, I mean, Bethany's doing this class on the armor of God and there's, there's these great classes and it, Jim and his Anklum is doing a great class, and he's doing it on forgiveness. Maybe this is the year that you need to forgive somebody that you haven't forgiven. You need to go, go, because ultimately you're not going to learn about forgiveness. You're going to learn about Christ. And as you learn about Christ, you'll realize, I have to forgive because he forgave me. There's, there's incredible things but don't let the miraculous distract you. So here, here's the goal in 2017. I will wait on the Lord for what? What are you waiting on? What are you going to wait on the Lord for? See, don't settle for the good when God has the best. And so what that means is, is you have to wait. You have to wait. There's some great verses that I'd encourage you to look up. Jeremiah 29 12 and 13, 1 Chronicles 22, 19, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. These are all great verses. I'll, I'll look at the one in Colossians. It's this idea that Christ has to be the one, the greatest treasure, the all-sufficient one. He is the all-sufficient one. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go eat popcorn or General Electric Power Company. It's the first of that, never mind. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. I love what Pastor Sean talks about the rope analogy. It's like eternity is this huge rope and like our life is like this much. And what's great about it is this, is because you know what, even in this life, what is 70 years, James says life is a vapor. <sighs> see the vapor, did you see it? 
And if you live to be 100, then it's still a vapor. Wait on the Lord. It may take some time. But you will be more connected to the Lord Jesus Christ as a result. And isn't, isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what eternity is about? Last thing is this, number four, what Mary Magdalene did in John chapter 20. She told others, tell others of your encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ. So what, what did she do? She was seeking the Lord. She was seeking and she was weeping and she was outside the tomb because that was the last place that she had encountered him. And she you know, to knew where he, his body was and she was... She was seeking and seeking and seeking, and as she's weeping, there's this person that comes up to her, and she thinks it's the gardener, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ. In the most beautiful display, the first person that Jesus demonstrates his love and bodily resurrected form to is, he bodily rose from the dead, is to a woman. Now, if you're going to validate something in this day, you're not going to show yourself to a woman, but Jesus is a great liberator of women, which is a beautiful picture So Jesus shows himself to a woman, not just a woman, but Mary Magdalene, whom he cast out seven demons, who he forgave of all the sins that she had ever committed and all the sins that she ever would commit. And that's why he went to the cross. And he interacted with her. And she clung to him. Jesus said, hey, okay, stop. Stop clinging to me. Can can you just see it? Can you just see in the garden? Jesus is like Mary. And she's like, Jesus. And all of a sudden, she just embraces him and holds him and is clinging to him with all of her might. It's so much so that Jesus is like, okay, you know, can you see? It's like Pastor Sean, like when you're just like embracing him and holding him. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Just try it, okay? Okay, don't, no, don't. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't. I was just a joke, please. Don't, I'll get fired. I'm sorry. Don't. Um, no, but he's just clinging. He's clinging to her, clinging to Jesus. Jesus is like, okay, okay, stop clinging to me. I haven't ascended yet. It's this, this, this unbridled passion for Christ. And then what does she do with that passion, though? She just doesn't just live in that passion. Oh, I'm just going to do nothing and be passionate about. No, no, the discipline then matched her passion. Because what did she do? She ran to go tell others. When you have that passion for Christ, when you've sought Christ, when you've encountered Christ, when you, Christ is your greatest treasure, you can't help but tell others of your encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord, and then she gave them his message. It wasn't her message, it was his message. This year at Coastal, my prayer is that we would be people who tell others about Jesus. There is a lost and dying world that needs to hear the message of hope. And it's not going to come in the form of a politician. It's not going to come in the form of a job or money or any of those things. It's, gonna, it's come, it has come in the form of a person. The person is Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead. And when you believe and receive him by faith, your life is completely changed and transformed. Mary told the disciples what Jesus had said to her. He did not wait, she didn't wait to tell, but she humbly shared 
the goal in 2017, I will share the gospel with this. Maybe there's somebody that you work with. Maybe there's somebody that you have a family member and you've never shared the gospel with them. You've never shared how Jesus Christ has changed you. Now, here's the deal. Failure in witnessing, this is Bill Bright. He said failure in witnessing is not whether or not they come to know Christ. No, failure in witnessing is failure to witness. See, it's that idea of, hey, listen, I'm just going to share this with you because it totally changed my life. It's like if I got the cure to cancer and I give it and I say, hey, here's the cure to cancer. This could cure you. Now, it's up to that person or whether or not that they're they're going to take the cure or not. All I'm doing is just sharing it. Hey, I have found the cure to sin. He changed my life and has transformed me. Here it is. It's God's responsibility to save that person. It's not yours. So open your mouth and share it. If he's the greatest person, if he's the greatest person that ever lived, if he's your greatest treasure, how can you not share it? I talk about my wife and kids all the time. Why? Because I love them so much. I can't help it. This is my Holly. This is my Jesus. And I want to share with you who he is and what he's done. And it's my prayer this year that you would write some names down and you would open your mouth and you would share. And I and listen, and if you fumble over it, it's even better. If you're not polished, it's even better. Because you're taking the courage that God has given you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God will take those words and he will use them to change and transform a person's life. And all of a sudden you will be like, wow, man, God used me. I will share the gospel with who? Who are you going to share the gospel with? Write their name down. It's a Kroger cashier. It's a waiter or waitress at a restaurant. It's a coworker. And 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 here's the deal: don't try to sell them like you know oils or vitamins or Amway or whatever. Like don't don't do it like that. Don't be like secretly trying to eh, 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 trying to get it to them. No, just look and say, hey, listen. You know what? In this new year, I'd like to take you to coffee and I'd like to talk about God. Would you be open? Sure. Most of them say yes. Sure. Guess what you're going to talk about when you get with them for coffee? God. If they're interested to talk about God, then guess what? You're going to talk about God. If they're not, you're not interested, then they're not going to say, oh, I don't really want to talk about God. Okay. And then pray for them. And pray that they come to know Jesus. Don't look at them and go, okay, God bless, go to hell. Don't do that. Pray for them. No, I'm serious. You guys are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. No, but you know why? Because that's what sometimes we do. Oh, they don't really want to know about Jesus. They don't want to talk about God. They didn't want to go to coffee with me. No, listen, my mom prayed for her grandmother. She was Christian science, and she prayed for like 27 years. And she came to know Christ at 92 That's a long time to faithfully share the gospel. And God was at work in her life. I 
gospel, share the gospel with. Hey, let these four disciplines become habits. Let me review. First one, have a time when you're meeting with the Lord. Write it down. Second, get others around you also searching for the Lord. Who are you hanging out with? Who are you going to meet regularly with? It's the second habit. Third habit, waiting on the Lord. This is my big rock. This is my big thing, God. And I'm going to wait for you on this. Whatever it is, this is the miracle that I need. Maybe you have debt that you need to get out of debt. Maybe there's um, a relationship that you need to get restored. Maybe, you know, I will wait on the Lord for this. And then the last one is this. The fourth one is this. I will share the gospel with. Who are you going to share the gospel with this year? Who are you going to share the gospel? If Christ is your greatest treasure, who are you going to share the gospel with? Let these four disciplines become habits in 2017. Isaiah 55, 6 says this, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let's pray. Lord, there's many people here that, that, that honored you. They didn't watch the Rose Parade. They didn't, they didn't watch the, the college football or any of the stuff that's going on today, Lord God. They didn't, they didn't just go, oh, it's a holiday. But they came here, Lord. They came here... And you see them and you know them and you know everything about them. And they, and they honored you, Father, the first of the year. And it's my prayer, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you would honor them. That you would honor them for they have come to know you. They have come to seek you. They have come to love you. They have come to, to interact with you, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you would give them a special blessing. That today would be an incredible day. That this would be the first day. If, if there's somebody here, Lord God, that, that doesn't feel forgiven, I pray, Lord God, that you would, Father, give them the peace that passes all understanding. If there's somebody here, Lord God, that, that has come in and this is the first day of the, the rest of their life, Lord God, and, and they just need something from you, Lord God, I pray that you would provide it. You would provide yourself. Reveal yourself to them, Father, this year. Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that they would confess their sins. They would call upon you and be saved. They'd believe that you died on the cross. They would, they would believe that you died on the cross for their sins. That you rose from the grave. And God, I pray that by faith they would receive you into their life. God, we love you. We thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you're, we have a prayer chapel. Um, if you need to do business with God, if you want to start the year off and just pray, take communion, talk with someone, pray with someone, I want to encourage you to go, go use our prayer chapel. Um,